Voice of the Blue is brought to you by the American Police Hall of Fame in Titusville, Florida. Check them out at APHF.org. The Police Hall of Fame and the United States Law Enforcement Foundation, where bold vision and hope align to create a better tomorrow for all law enforcement and the communities they serve by strong advocacy, hard and soft skills training and education, and their many programs of compassion. To learn more, please go to uslef.org or aphf.org. Welcome to Voice of the Blue. I am Royce, your host, bringing you an intimate look at the men and women of the law enforcement profession through their service, their stories, their lives, and sometimes through their own words. I'd like to begin the program by saying that I believe that the police profession is one of the most difficult professions in America today. The physical tolls, the mental and emotional tolls that are taken upon the Individual officers may vary depending on their um, mental and emotional makeup, but to be sure, everyone who has ever strapped on a duty belt and pinned on their badge has had to deal with the impact of some of those tolls. You've heard me interview officers on this program many times since we began it, and they talk about the mental tolls, the stressors, the emotional impacts of some of the scenes that they must witness. And they're very gut-wrenching. They're very telling. Uh, I like to get the perspectives of those law enforcement officers in order to understand what they have to deal with on a regular, daily basis out there on the thin blue line. You know, they have to compartmentalize very horrific scenes and still yet carry on with their duties. They have to often stuff their emotions and put on a happy or a brave face, even when they're sad, they're angry, they're upset, maybe going through trouble at home, maybe some of them even going through the tragedy of a divorce, and yet they still get out there, they still do their job, and all of those things have to weigh upon them. I don't care who you are, how superhuman you may suppose yourself to be, emotional impacts will take their toll. Uh, having seen very terrible scenes myself, having worked in the death care industry before, working for a company that contracted to the medical examiner's office to go and pick up human bodies from the scenes of their demise, I can tell you that some of the things they have to witness are terrible. They really are. I don't even want to begin describing them here to you. Um, it, it would probably make you sick. It really would. But those are some of the scenes that have been permanently etched into their minds. Those are scenes that wake them up from nightmares. They wake them up in the middle of the night with tears in their eyes, remembering things that they've had to witness. As is the purpose of this podcast, I hope we will all recognize what 
these brave people go through on a daily basis here in America. Again, I'm going to remember, I want you to remember, I don't think that police officers are perfect. Police officers don't even think that police officers are perfect. Unfortunately, because every profession is infected with the human condition, uh, the best of men are men at best. But we've got to remember all of those people out there plodding along, still being out there, seeing that raw underbelly of society, that criminal element. They see the tragedies. They're the ones who get called uh, after these tragedies have taken place, no matter what they may be. I got to read in a couple of articles by a, an author named Matt Funicello. Matt is a Marine Corps combat veteran. He's a former law enforcement officer from Southern California. And I would like to read to you uh, the article here in his own words, uh, because I think I don't think I could possibly bring out any of the content any better than he could as he talks about his experiences as a law enforcement officer. So these are Matt Funicello's words. And the title of the article could not be any more fitting for this particular podcast because it's entitled Humanizing the Badge. Police officers are humans too. And this is part one of a two-part series. And the next episode, we'll be looking at the second part. This one was uh, written August 29th of 2023 and posted to the uh, news site called Red State. And here's the article. He says, Peace and police officers and deputy sheriffs are all basically the same thing. They are sworn law enforcement officers who are responsible for obviously enforcing the law and conducting investigations, but they're also mandated reporters, family counselors, and more importantly, their fathers and mothers, husbands and wives, brothers and sisters, in other words, human beings. Police officers have arguably one of the toughest and most dangerous jobs in America. According to data compiled by the Bureau of Labor and Statistics in 2018, the non-fatal workplace injuries and illnesses rate was 370 point, I'm sorry, 371.4 per 10,000 uh, full-time workers compared to a rate for all other occupations of only 98.4%. Several other sources have police officers listed anywhere between the top 10 or top 25 of the most dangerous jobs in America. And he provided a graph here, and I'm going to put the link to this article on the episode page so you can see this graph that he puts up here that shows the uh, injuries that officers receive in greater abundance than all other occupations. And it is staggering to read the numbers. Mr. Funicello continued. He said, when I joined the force, I was told that once you retire, your life expectancy wasn't going to last longer than 10 to 15 years after retirement. And by the way, I don't know if my listeners understand that, but that is a very true statistic. Many officers, once they retire, do not live very long because of the demands of the job. So I want you to take that into consideration when we look at the police profession. And yes, they have plenty of faults, just like we do. Again, we're all human. I understand that. I understand there's 
there's a evil no matter you know where it where it might rear its head whether even in a, in a police department or out on the street uh, unfortunately bad people do bad things and he said there are contradicting studies and research that prove that theory but what i can personally attest to is that when we leave our jobs either after five years or 35 years there is a genuine sense of loss and grief that comes with a perceived loss of a mission or what I refer to as a loss of purpose. We suffer from loss in the most literal sense of the word. When I left the Marine Corps after five years of service, I felt a deep sense of regret, shame, and, you guessed it, loss of family, brothers, and mission. I felt the same way when I left the department. The physical danger, however, isn't the greatest stressor on us. Being a police officer brings a lot more than just physical danger. It brings a massive mental health hazard to us all that tends to go unnoticed or, at the very least, hidden. There are very few prof- uh, I'm sorry, let me start over. There are very p- few professions out there that deal with the stressors that come with being a cop. Off the top of my head, the only ones that come close would be firefighters, paramedics, and medical professionals in hospitals and emergency rooms. I was a peace officer for a little over seven years. Not a long time in retrospect, but long enough to know that I have been forever changed mentally and physically. During my years on the street working patrol, I was exposed to the absolute worst of humanity Almost the same as I saw when I was in Iraq fighting terrorists who didn't care about the rules of warfare or the Geneva Convention. Every night I'd say goodbye to my wife. She'd tell me to stay safe, and then I'd kiss my baby boy goodbye. I'd get to work, put my uniform on, and get in my radio car. That's our term for a patrol car. My anxiety went up just a bit after logging onto my computer. I would ask myself how many domestic violence calls we would get that night, how many deuces, which is a slang term for DUI, would be out on the street, how many party calls would turn violent, etc. The patrol station I worked at was a busy one. For any given day, on average, it would generate at least 600 calls for service. These ranged from report calls, which were called routine, but sometimes these went south in a hurry. The others would be priority calls like fights, disturbances, etc., and emergent calls like assaults, robberies, shootings, etc., and finally the others would be self-generated calls for things like traffic or pedestrian stops or investigations. In the summer months, we could easily see calls for service go well over 900 per day. These shifts were normally eight hours, but because we were so short-staffed that we would have to work double shifts, there were really often 16-hour days. Or, if we didn't have the money in the budget, we'd have to bust cars, meaning not man them, which would mean the area of responsibility for my car just doubled or tripled. There were nights when I put over 300 miles on the car because we were so short-staffed that I was going back and forth between all sides of the reporting district map. During these shifts, I would go to at least four to ten domestic violence calls, and at least half of them had a legitimate victim with varying degrees of injury. 
Then there's the TC, or traffic collision calls, where I'd see things from minor fender benders to fatal traffic collisions with multiple ejections, bodies torn apart, and injured or killed children. I've seen it all. Then you have the shootings, where you sometimes find no victims and no suspects, or sometimes you'd find both. Bodies riddled with bullets, some lived while some didn't even make it to the hospital. Then you might have a vehicle or foot pursuit and or a use of force incident. These use of force incidents could range from pinching the wrist of a suspect with handcuffs, yes, that is reportable force, to a full-blown physical fight and all the way up to deadly force. I have seen and experienced it all, but then when the unthinkable happens and we lose one of our partners to injury or death, we have to go back to work the next day and are expected to perform our duties. We get told to take a day or two off if you need to and then come back to work. We aren't afforded the luxury of taking a bunch of time to mourn the loss of a great friend and partner like the rest of society does. We have to bury that deep too, deep down, so we can unpack it later if we can, so we can deal with that. But we never do because we need to stay strong. We can't look weak. Sometimes I could experience all of that in one shift or none of it. It was literally the luck of the draw. You could be lucky or unlucky on any given night. The average American will never experience any of this in their careers, let alone their personal lives. But the average officer will deal with that on a daily or nightly basis. Imagine the mental stress loads that puts on an officer. Imagine the stress load that puts on their families, their husbands or wives, their kids. I have PTSD from my time in combat, but I can also say that it was amplified by the job. Ask yourself, how does one go home from work after a shift filled with all that and look their spouse in the eyes after being asked how your day was? How do you answer them without scaring the hell out of them? Hi, honey, how was your day? What are we supposed to say? Well, sweetie, I got in a fight with an 18th Street gangster who was trying to kill me, but luckily my partner saved my ass just in time. Or should I say, I had to play friends with the dad of a small child who he just beat to death for not eating his dinner so we could get him to make a statement that verifies what the dead kid's little sister said. The answer is no, you don't do that. You never show weakness or tell them the fear that you felt after almost dying again because you need to be strong for them and your kids. You can't scare them with your troubles because the stress it will build over time will lead to either divorce or worse. You compartmentalize it and put it away in a box to deal with it later. Maybe because deep down you know if you do open that box, Lord knows what will happen. This ought to give us some brief glimpse into the life of the average police officer, especially in some of the high crime areas throughout America. And just listening to these words penned by Mr. Funicello, uh, I, I think, I would hope that within us all, we would ponder just exactly what we ask of our men and women in blue. 
the dangers they put themselves through, the terrible things they have to see. We ask that of them. It's part of their job, like it or not. Many times they're the first ones to see it. They're the ones that get called out to the scene of a murder or a domestic incident or a train collision with a vehicle and see the terrible damage those things can do to the human body. They have to deal with that day in, day out. I hear from many of their detractors about the terrible things that many police officers do, and in the last episode, I believe I made it clear how I feel about that, that even the officers that cross the line and do things badly or do bad things, they end up getting arrested by their own officers because the police even have to police themselves. And imagine the moral hit that a department takes when they have to arrest one of their own. But they do that anyway to keep the profession as clean as possible. They know they have to do that in order to, what should I say, in order for the people to support them. So may we ponder this and let it change the way we think about the profession. Let us realize what they go through. Next time we come across a police officer who's having a bad day, maybe writes us a ticket, maybe gets a little surly with us, why don't we understand that he may or she may have just come from a terrible scene that is still affecting them. And maybe they're even looking at us like, you just don't understand what I'm going through right now. Well, maybe just a little extra kindness from our side might go a long way. Maybe just tell them, look, I don't know what's, what's bugging you. Something obviously is, but I want you to know I'm going to say a prayer for you and I uh, I really uh, hate the, uh, some of the things you have to go through out there during your day. So I'll say a prayer for you. Just do that one time and see what, it, what kind of an effect it might have on a law enforcement officer. I will catch you on the next episode of Voice of the Blue. Please join me as we say a prayer for those out there on that thin blue line. Our Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we pray for those out there on the thin blue line. Those who have to suffer the things they suffer in order to uh, try to keep society safe and keep the evil at the gates that it break forth not upon society. Watch over them, Lord, protect them, and may today not be their end of watch. Bring them home safely to their families, we ask, and in the name of Jesus, amen.